Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio, back with a good friend, Paul Joseph Watson, the editor at large of Infowars.com. Find him on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash prisonplanetlive. Paul, how are you doing, my friend? Good to be back, Stefan. Okay. Today, I'll just let you step the audience, the listeners, through what the hell is going on in England today. Well, this is amazing. Absolutely shocking development. We had a pro-Remain Labour MP called Joe Cox, a mother of three, who was tragically murdered. She was attacked. She was stabbed. She was shot in northern England. Of course, she's been a prominent campaigner for the Vote Remain campaign. Um, tragic incident within minutes. And then before the she was even dead, the Vote Remain supporters were on Twitter they were in the media exploiting this for political grist. Now let's let's try and unpack it. So within about an hour of her being attacked, she was rushed to hospital, critical condition, she later died. But within an hour, these eyewitness reports came out, which said that the attacker had shouted Britain first while he was murdering her. Now, of course, it's since been revealed that the eyewitnesses who were actually there immediately on the scene heard no such thing. And in fact, Breitbart has at the, been at the forefront of reporting this. A local restaurant owner, Hicham Ben Abdallah, who was widely quoted by the media uh, as uh, hearing the killer shout, Britain first, later told Breitbart London, no, no, I did not hear that. Other eyewitnesses that they've spoken to who were on the scene said they heard no such statements. So then they talked to the neighbors, the friends, the people who knew this guy, who's been named, by the way, as Thomas Mayer, uh, who had been in under treatment, under medication. He was mentally ill. So they went and talked to the neighbors who said he was, quote, not politically minded. A neighbor said he wasn't a member of a political party and had never expressed an interest in the EU referendum. Here's a quote from one of the neighbors, quote, I don't think he belonged to any political party, and I never heard him express any views about Europe or anything like that. So these quotes were completely completely debunked the claim that this was some right-wing pro-Brexit extremist attack. And yet, what do we see? The London Evening Standard. This is the free newspaper that has give, is given out to all Londoners when they're coming home from work. It's there in all the train stations. Everybody's got access to it. What was their headline? Remain campaigner gunned down in the street by someone who shouted Britain first. Absolutely shameful lies. We had an Australian newspaper before Joe Cox had even died with a headline, MP shot, stabbed by Brexit report by Brexit supporter before she was even dead. We had The Guardian, one of the biggest newspapers in Britain, saying that this was, quote, an attack on humanism, idealism and democracy. Again, this was a mentally ill loner on medication who had no political beliefs or motive whatsoever. And yet across the board, within minutes, within hours, they were exploiting this to demonize Brexit. Absolutely shameful behavior. And it's still going on. I mean, I can't even keep up with it right now. Well, and there does seem to be significant reports 
that she wasn't even targeted, that this man was having some kind of fight with someone else, and she tried to intervene or tried to get herself involved, and then she was attacked uh, after she tried to intervene in a fight. And that's not been in, uh, perfectly confirmed, but there's a lot of reports out that that, in, in which case, it wasn't even like the guy came to shoot her, she just got in his way while he was having some altercation. He's on uh, psychotropics. He's crazy. He's got a gun, which, you know, I'm pretty sure it was a gun-free uh, planet uh, as far as England goes. So he's got a gun. He's got a foot-long knife. He's crazy. He exploded in violence. He never said Britain first, according to eyewitnesses. So somehow now this ends up on the Brex on the floor of the Brexit people, the people who want out of the European Union. And the genius, the evil genius of all this, Paul, is that they get to associate Britain first with the brutal murder of a wife and mother and MP. Now, once that association happens, it's kind of tough to undo with mere facts later on. This is not how you have political debates. This is how you train chickens not to peck at something by giving them electrical shocks. This is a base lizard of the brain attempt to rewire with negative associations the Brexit campaign. And uh, it is really unbelievably appalling. And it's an a hideous exploitation of a senseless murder for the sake of political gain and should just be repulsive to anyone with half a shred of conscience. Well, exactly. And for people who don't know, Britain First is a minor political party in Britain, obviously very right-wing, very anti-immigration. They go out to these Muslim areas, they have these confrontations, but so far, completely non-violent. I mean, those people are getting arrested all the time simply for holding events in you know, Muslim areas of London. But as you said, you know, we have to realize and remember that people, some people are incredibly stupid and they will believe and remember only the first thing they hear. And when it's splashed on all the major newspapers as they're going home from work and reading these free newspapers that a Brexit supporter brutally murdered a vote remain MP, that's what they're going to remember. Even if they have to print retractions, and by the way, a lot of these people are now deleting all their tweets, panicking. But that's what they'll remember, the initial narrative. That's what the left is relying on, the stupidity of people. And, you know, this, this is the same left that after every single Islamist terror attack immediately screeches, not all Muslims. Yet all of them immediately exploited this death and blamed it on vote leave supporters by characterizing them as extremists. So, again, breaking their own rules. And, I mean, we can go on. You know, the IMF's uh, Christine Lagarde, who is obviously an ultimate establishment insider, pro-EU, she was asked a question about Brexit. She responded, quote, I'm not going to address your question about Brexit out of respect for Joe Cox. So you immediately see that intersection. Merely asking a question about Brexit now is shameful it's callous, it's insulting to the victim. So they're getting so much political grist out of this. We need to now get on the offensive and hopefully, you know, it will backfire. It already has. But again, people only see the initial narrative. They don't see the retraction afterwards. Well, there's that old saying that says that a, a lie can go twice around the world while the truth is still getting its boots on. And I'm just wondering, it seems to me, it's such an unsubstantiated rumor, such as the man shouted Britain first, where the hell are the journalistic ethics that you need to get some confirmation? When the person quoted as the witness repudiates what the media is quoting, where the hell are the standards? Where the hell are the editors saying, no, we've got to confirm this. This is irresponsible. Well, I mean, it's 
<laughs> what do you expect from the mainstream Sorry, media? Sorry, that... maybe I'm wildly optimistic, but it's like, aren't there any gatekeepers? Normally, they're a little more subtle than this. They're complete slime balls. I mean, you know, they may dig up some old Facebook post later on and, and claim that he was behind it. Because, you know, I've predicted something like this all along. I mean, Charlie Skelton, the Guardian contributor, he predicted at the end of May a big security terror scare right before Brexit that they would then exploit. So this is not over. They, you know, they may massage the story. They may dig up some old posts. But, I mean, the frothing reaction, I mean, I'll give you another example. Alan Juppé, the left-wing French presidential candidate, tweeted that Joe Cox was, quote, shamefully murdered because of her beliefs. The European Union Commissioner for Migration, Dimitris Avramopoulos, uh, tweeted that she was, quote, murdered for a dedication to European democracy and humanity. When all the facts show that this was a mentally ill person, he was hopped up on psychotropics, as he said, probably involved in an altercation with someone else. And again, didn't even say anything political, didn't even believe anything political, according to the people who knew him, according to the eyewitnesses. Yet this has been exploited for political grist by the politicians, by the media. It's absolutely shameful, but I fully expected it. Well, this Reichstag stuff is, is fairly common, especially when the side appears to be losing. And it doesn't strike me as coincidental, Paul, let me know what you think, that this comes right on the heels of the Orlando massacre. Now, the Orlando massacre and its um, challenging questions raised about vetting processes, about immigration and compatibilities of cultures, the fact that it comes right on the heels of this uh, would seem to me a kind of leftist pushback against a basic set of events in America that has not exactly helped uh, the uh, Remain campaign. No, precisely. And I think, I mean, you did the interview with Mike Cernovich where he pointed out almost certainly there were other shooters. But of course, if there are other Islamist shooters helping him out, that shifts the narrative from gun control over to radical Islam. That's why they don't want that information coming out. But I mean, with, with Brexit, you've seen the polls. I mean, since I appeared on your show a couple of weeks ago, they've all shifted towards leave. The latest one today has vote leave six points ahead. So they're gradually creeping up to that 10-point threshold, which they probably need because people are psychologically averse to vote for change. So the establishment is completely panicking. Um, we had the incident yesterday with Nigel Farage and Bob Geldof sailing down the River Thames with the Champagne Socialist and millionaire Bob Geldof leering, lecturing, hand gesturing, swearing at poor fishermen whose livelihoods have been devastated because of EU policies. You have him there. You have people on his boat who are vote remain supporters. Even they were disgusted. They left the boat because of his outrageous behavior. Um, you've got Sadiq Khan, the uh, you know London's Muslim mayor, campaigning in Manchester. The picture shows him surrounded by Muslim men who are all at the front of the crowd, the women relegated to the back, of course, because now segregation is liberal and trendy. So a lot of a lot of faux pas in recent weeks, a lot of momentum for the vote leave campaign. And now they're going to exploit this, whether he was political or not. The left doesn't care about the facts. I think we know that by now. They're going to exploit this. Uh, to its ultimate degree, to try and demonize vote leave because Project Fear, Project Scaremongering is all they've got. And dear God above, Paul, I hope that this is a blowback situation for them, just in terms of the perception that this is the depths to which they are willing to stoop 
to alarm, to scare. This is the desperation, the the not an argument, the ultimate not an argument situation where the woman has had bullets pumped into her. She's been stabbed repeatedly. She's dying and they're climbing all over her body like ants just to get their own political view across. This should be enough for people to recoil from this entire narrative and run as fast as they can in the other direction. They're vampiric ghouls of monstrous propagandizing. Well, exactly. And I mean, I receive tweets from people saying, how dare you even tweet about this? How dare you even talk about it? This is a complete lack of respect for the victims. Meanwhile, the, the vote remain people were all on top of it. You had people blaming it on those who want to see a limit in immigration into the, the United Kingdom. And in fact, I've, I've put an article up about this on uh, Infowars.com. The political establishment will exploit the murder of Joe Cox to kill Brexit. And, you know, I feature some of the tweets. You had uh, an individual called Aaron Lee, quite a prominent person, quote, these Brexit hardliners are getting out of control. My thoughts go out to Joe Cox's family and friends. So, again, they could exploit it for their political grist. But if we even dare comment on it, we're, we're Satan incarnate. Oh, yes. No, the left can lie about everything they want. But the moment you point out that they're lying, somehow you're elbowing your way unwantedly uh, into the room. Now, I know our time is limited, Paul, because we've got both a lot of stuff to get done today. Um, uh, you're, we'll, we'll link to the article you, you've put in below. Uh, what is your sense of, of where England is, uh, where Great Britain is, the United Kingdom, in these last crucial few days leading up to the vote? Well, vote leave has got all the momentum. But as I said, it probably needs a 10-point lead to carry that through. Um, I'm more hopeful than I was a couple of weeks ago, that's for sure. What's even more concerning, though, is uh, the Financial Times put out an article yesterday which said that even if uh, the British people vote to leave the European Union, the Parliament might not recognise it because according to the terms of the referendum, they're not legally bound to carry it through. So what could happen is even if we vote to leave, they could take it back to Parliament and say, well, you know, that's not actually legally binding. We're just going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it for a couple of years and then we'll see what happens. And maybe we'll have another referendum and another one until we get the vote we want. Because, of course, that's what the EU has done on several occasions. France, Netherlands, Ireland, they vote no to the EU. The EU simply swaps the language around a little bit in these treaties and they make them vote again until they get the result they want because they're a tyrannical dictatorship. So that's always a possibility. But as I said, I'm more confident than I was a couple of weeks ago. And we need to get on the offensive with incidents like this today. And hopefully it, it does give them some blowback. Well, and what encourages me, Paul, is the degree to which people have stopped talking about these hypothetical, what might the interest rates be in five or 10 years? And they've actually started looking at the ethics, the morality, the, the nationalism, the self-determination, the capacity with one stroke of a pen, you can get rid of layers of tyrannical bureaucracy, and it's become a moral issue. You know, the founding fathers didn't sit there and say, well, we would like to leave uh, the United Kingdom, but, you know, we've got to figure out what the interest rates are going to be uh, in, in the 13 colonies, you know, 24 years after we, you know, this, and when they wanted to get rid of slavery, they didn't say, well, you got to figure out what the uh, market demand for cotton pickers is going to be in 18 years. That stuff seems to have been pushed aside. And it seems to me that the more passionate and consistent voices are being heard about it being a moral issue rather than a what's going to happen to the price of my home in eight years issue, which nobody can predict and is so partisan. And it, it, it does give me some comfort that at least the issues that are really important are being discussed rather than all this nonsense hypothetical. 
Well, yeah, they, they've started to drive that moral case home as well as putting immigration at the top of the agenda. Because remember, it, it wasn't at the top of the agenda as little as a month, two months ago. Um, that has proven to be the main motivating factor, which is going to cause people to vote leave. I mean, I just got back from Germany, which is currently enjoying its cultural enrichment of, you know, 1.4 million plus Muslim migrants. Uh, the situation's really bad. I mean, if you go even to Dresden, which is, a, you know, a, quite a small city, a nice city, go to the train station right next to the migrant camp. Hordes of migrants everywhere, drug dealing. The police have to be there all the time. Groups of them there harassing women. I saw it with my own eyes. We were doing a live show and we were getting harassed by migrants outside the train station in Germany. So that's another reason why you know, even with our massive immigration as it is, um, it's it's another huge fillip for people to vote leave. And now that they've put that at the top of the agenda, um, the polls are swinging in the right direction. The city where my grandmother died in the war. And that's what it has become. Well, thanks a lot, Paul, for your time. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. And uh, we'll obviously send a link to you when this comes out. Stay safe, brother. And uh, thanks for your feedback today. Okay. Thanks, Stefan. Take care.